1: I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, uh, was led to discuss the topic, the problem of evil, the problem of evil. Some may be asking, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do we have to have evil? How do we combat this issue of wickedness and as we read the headlines and as we look at the world around us especially in the United States this nation is hemorrhaging and this nation is suffering from a bad case of sin and the only antidote for sin is the blood of Christ. When I heard the report about the senseless murder of innocent blood being shed inside of a church, it reminded me that uh, God has a plan and God allows certain things to happen for us to learn lessons from them. I can't fully explain why certain things happen. Uh, Some knowledge only belongs to God alone. But I will say this, that the only way we can combat evil effectively is not by good works, but it is by the blood of Christ. And when we look at the Bible, The Christian worldview makes a lot more sense than a secular worldview. Humanism would have us to believe that we can solve the problem of evil through our intellect and through the cerebral process and prowess. And I'm here to tell you that you can be the smartest person on earth. But if you don't know Jesus, you haven't learned much. And then we won't overcome evil. By being the strongest person, by being the world's superpower. We will not combat evil through wars. We we are not going to combat evil by how much we can lift. We're not going to combat evil by intimidation. If we want to effectively deal with evil, we must surrender to our creator by the way of Jesus Christ. And before we get going, I think it is necessary for us to define what evil is. And evil is really a degradation of the good. Evil can be defined as a corruption of the good. Scripture tells us that everything God made was good, but when sin was brought into the world, it tainted. The goodness. So the good corrupted is evil. Let me say it again. Evil is a corruption of the good. And evil does not exist outside of having the good that God created. Evil, as explained by some. It's like rust, R-U-S-T. Rust does not exist by itself. Rust exists when there's metallic properties. And when that metal is corrupted, it produces rust. Likewise, evil is birthed due to a corruption of the good. Let me try to further distill this. God made humanity. And when he made human beings, it was good. But when sin entered into the world. It impacted the good. And because man created humanity with a will factor, W I L L. We have free will, and because we have free will, the potential for evil exists because of the fall. So in other words, a person can be ontologically good. All of us are ontologically good, meaning that uh, uh, by ontology, that means your nature. Nature is a human being. Everything God created is good, including human beings. Now, the difference is as a human being, you can will to walk righteously or you can will to uh, do the unrighteous things. And through the unrighteous ways, evil is subtly produced. So, an individual can be ontologically good, but morally evil. Again, an individual can be ontologically good because God created that person, but morally evil. And evil, again, is a corruption of that good ontology. And when we use that word ontology, it can be used of God. Ontologically speaking, God is perfect. God is uh, immutable. God is divine. God is infinite. God is eternal. God is omnipresent. God is omniscient. When used of God, we talk about perfection. And God also has a will, but God's will is uncorrupted. God has perfect will. God wills to love himself. And when we talk about the will, we also uh, 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 look at it this way. The will is the inclination by a rational agent towards a desired goal again your will is an inclination because you are a rational agent toward a desired goal some people will to do right whereas others will to do those things that are bad so when we speak of evil we're talking about an exercise of the will God is not going to force any man or woman to do anything because you have a will. And we have the ability to worship him freely. And when we get saved, when we get saved, God desires that we exercise our will to follow the mandates of Christ. So again, this whole thing about evil being propagated in our society is a reality that we as believers have to deal with. I can't explain why certain things happen. Only God can, but I can explain from a Christian paradigm how God wants us to grapple and deal with the sin issue of this life. And evil is rampant. And it seems as each day comes by, things seem to be getting worse, which is really not a major surprise because the Bible talks about what's going to happen in the last days. For example, Proverbs six twelve through 16 says a worthless person, a wicked man, goes about with crooked speech, winks with his eyes, signals with his feet, point with his finger, with perverted heart devises evil, continually sowing discord, therefore calamity will come upon him suddenly. In a moment, he will be broken beyond healing. There are six things that the Lord hates. Seven that are an abomination to him. Proverbs chapter six, verses 12 through 16. So scripture already tells us concerning the reality of evil. You can't have evil without a human being. You can't have evil without an exercise of the will and evil gives uh, prominence when we as human beings uses or chooses to use our free will uh, in a foolish way or in a sinful way and that exercise of the will comes from both Internal as well as external forces, some things we choose to do are based on what we wanted to do, and we initiate the process of the sin being birth, and then some things we have no control over. we find ourselves in a calamity brought uh, to us. By outside events, when we look at the story of Job, job did not initiate his trial, but yet God saw fit that he would have to go through a trial and When we look at uh job's response, job had ups and downs, but yet job did not get to the level where he initiated or put his will into action to produce evil. When I uh, read the story of Joseph, when you read the story of Joseph and you look at uh, the narrative dealing with Potiphar's wife, some translation uh, worded this way, when, when Potiphar's wife made advances toward Joseph, Joseph said, How can I do this wicked thing against my master? Joseph wanted to please God and he exercised his will for righteousness versus unrighteousness. Potiphar's wife was another story. She unwisely used her will for bad. So when we talk about evil, we're not talking about evil in a vacuum. Sin is uh, actualize through human beings, and as such, we need to look at each individual. we start with our own selves and we have to examine ourselves. How are we actualizing the will that God gave us? and some things are conceived according to Jesus, and that's why I love the Lord. Uh, there's nobody better at diagnosing the human condition than god himself by the way of jesus christ jesus tells us that uh, sin when it's conceived is a sin just because you haven't actualized it doesn't mean that it's not a sin and many of us have thought about certain things and have conceived it in our hearts we never Got an opportunity to actualize it, but we need to repent from the things that we've been thinking. Some things we know are wrong and the Holy Spirit, he's able to let us know that we've gone too far. He's there to let us know that we shouldn't be thinking a certain way. And if we don't have the Holy Spirit arresting our emotions and intellect and uh, giving boundaries to our will, then we are susceptible to sinning and not just sinning, but sinning egregiously, which is wickedness. Wickedness is a degree of sin and sin. All sin fall in the same category. There are different consequences, but A sin is a sin. And so when we look at evil, which is a corruption of the good. Then we have to ask ourselves. What are we going to do to try to combat this movement of evilness? We know that our enemy. Diablos, the devil. uh, He's at work constantly trying to get us to remove our allegiance to God. And when we look at the amount of evil, when uh, individuals create bombs and uh, place them in the midst of innocent people and lives are lost, the enemy wants us to become bitter to the point where we choose hate over love. The enemy wants us to lose sight of the God that we serve by focusing in on the calamities that exist around us. And God is saying, Great is He that is in us than He that is in the world. And if we want to deal with evil effectively, Again, that's the key word. Effectively, then we have to first do what God has called us to do. We are ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ. We are co-laborers for the Lord Jesus Christ. I strongly believe with all my heart that if each one of us as believers would take our relationship with God seriously, then we can witness to our neighbors, we can witness to our family members, and help them to not get to the point where they're thinking about doing something so evil. If we can share the gospel and give people an opportunity to get their minds transformed, according to Romans, once we get saved, once... Someone accepts Christ. Our minds are transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, which is your reasonable service. And I'm paraphrasing Romans 12. If I do my part, if you do your part, if we plant and we sow, if we uh, our water got to give the increase. We just have to do our part. And I believe that if individuals and in our communities in our neighborhood accept the Christ, I believe that our neighborhoods and our communities would be a better place. I believe that the antidote or the remedy to combat evil is Jesus Christ for his blood is sufficient and if you and i do what we're supposed to do if we prepare ourselves to give each man to give each woman a reason for the hope that lies within us doing it with gentleness and respect i believe that our society will look a lot better so we shouldn't throw up our hands We shouldn't be so vexed that we sound like the world. The remedy for evil is not another political affiliation. The remedy for evil is not additional degrees in psychology or sociology. The remedy for evil is not in fancy psychological textbooks. The remedy for evil is Jesus Christ. And if we stand up for Christian and biblical principles, not based on tradition, not based on people's ideologies, but on sound doctrine, I believe that not just this nation will look different, but the world will take notice. That the the gospel would permeate the hearts and minds of the uncultured, of the uh, sinner, of the unrepentant, of the unregenerate. If we stood on biblical principles. So, again, the only thing I know to combat evil. Is Jesus Christ. And so my encouragement to all the listeners today is to really get to know Jesus Christ. And then if Jesus is sufficient, if his claims are dependable, if the gospel is authentic, then we have to share it without reservations then we need to proclaim it without equivocation. Then we need to tell it without being ashamed and God would do the rest. If we think about the multiculturalism of the society and how everybody have their own ideas on how to bring about peace, joy, and happiness. The only Path. The only prescription that's going to work is that of Jesus Christ dying on a cross, offering salvation to every man and woman. And if we as Christians will report the good news and not compromise, God is calling all races. God is calling all genders. God is calling all ages. Evil has no limits. The devil is using individuals on a daily basis to commit atrocities, but we can't be scared. We have the antidote. I pray that you take what you have, which is the gospel and share it boldly with others that evil may not have uh, a great effect on us to the point that, We become paralyzed. I pray that you got something out of today's message and that through prayer, God will use you as a conduit for others to get saved. We thank you for listening and join us again uh, next time on Sound Reasoning. And that's my prayer. I hope that you consider becoming a financial sponsor of this show. May God bless you.
0: That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time, and remember, Titus 1-9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy messages has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Have you ever felt conflict between your faith and feelings? If so, you're not alone.